si an mo ko di an se te si shata ya mo o u an di a ke e di a so ko u a mo san de an di an mo ko se te an yan san tan mo ka u an di an an yan mo so shatan yan dan a u di ke an yan sata mo o di an se ke i a mo ka di a satan di a mo se hallelujah mo ko an ya i a mo so hallelujah mo sa i a sa shatan yan holy spirit is showing off today holy spirit is showing off today You want more visions? You want more dreams? Good. <laughs> you want more clarification? Good. You want wisdom and knowledge to know the truth from a lie? Good. You want to be able to discern good from evil? Good. You want to make wise decision? Good. You want to show up so God can show out? Good. You want to continue to endure? Good. Persevere? Good. Stand fast? Good. Stand firm? Good. Only believe? Good. Use your faith? Good. Believe in God? Good. Praise? Good. Worship? Good. Count all joy? Good. Weeping days are over? Good. Joy in the morning? Good. Arise? Good. Shine, for your hour has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen up on you? Good. G double O D good. During this time of God goodness, let me say it like this: We got to come away a lot more alone with God, alone, because we just becoming more rejuvenated, more refreshed alone with Him, and that prepare us for people that are around us, daily places and things. Satan not trying to steal, kill, and destroy us in areas that we, you understand, that doesn't matter to us. We don't care about. He not going to just use any old person to try to destroy your confidence or mine. He not going to just use any old thing. He going to use our own things if he can. He's not going to just use any old place that we've never been. He's going to use somewhere we familiarize with, starting with our homes. If we let him, God word say, guard your heart because out of it are the issues of life. And many of us guard our heart to keep things from, you know, coming in. But God want us to guard our heart from keeping the word from escaping out. Hallelujah. He wants to guard our heart from the issues. That means don't let the good things that's within the words that were sown into our hearts that we've written upon the table of our heart escape us. Don't go from believing to doubting again. You said you're going to leave the old man away. You're going to be dead unto self. You died. Now you're going to stay dead. Don't keep going back to get the old man. And there's no way you can try to have the old man dress up to become sharp as a new man. Everything old has to pass away and all things become new. That's how good God is. 
We could come to God knowing that he is God regarding what we expecting from God, but it must be according to the will of God. It must be according to the will of God. Satan is so sneaky. He can have us looking at a neighbor's anything and say, you know what? I'm going to do what it takes so I can get that. You already have that. <laughs> you That's how good God is. You already have. What your eyes have never seen, you already have. The exceedingly, you already have. New territories, you already have. A life of abundance, you already have. We have to have it supernaturally, spiritually first, before it can be manifested in the natural. It's a process from receiving it spiritually to receiving it naturally. Because he's teaching us how to keep it permanently. Success is a permanent word. Increase is a permanent word. See, God is showing us his perspective of his words and not us trying to bring them down to our understanding regarding his word. That's how we live of the world. Increase to us is when we get something, then we got to get some more of it and get some more of it. With God, it's a constant supply. He supplied all our needs according to riches and glory. His riches, his glory. There is no end to the supply. Everyone's talking about around the world, which is great, having a limitless lifestyle, a limitless mindset. It's not just resourcefully while we in ministry, it's mentally as well. We cannot limit our thoughts. And it's not just based upon what we can and cannot have. Having an attitude is a limit from the freedom that we've been given. Watch what we said our mouth is of the old man. And that's a limit from walking in the new man without any. Hallelujah. Seriously. I thank God so much. I thank God so much. We receive everything spiritually first. You know why? Because those things are eternal. What are we receiving spiritually? The fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. And those are the characteristics of us found in God because those are God characteristics. Love is permanent. Patience. Joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. That's permanent. And we are connected to the vine where we bear much more fruit. So we got to really settle this thing. We can't be going back and forth with the old and new man. That's the warfare. And Christ said, the weapons of our warfare. From the kingdom, that's a declaration. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not just talking about the people that we see. It's about us with ourselves as well. We got to be patient with ourselves. We have to love ourselves. Naked we came in this world 
unashamed and unafraid? Are you able to stand in the mirror without no clothes to cover you up, no jewelry to fancy you up, and just stand there and what words come out of your mouth or out of my mouth regarding what we see in the mirror? How do we feel? What are we thinking? About ourself. Because God always deal with us before we can deal with, you know, other people. Many of us, you know, it's good to be around a lot of people, but we have to be, you understand, developed spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually to be able to be around all kinds of people and not be moved. Because the old man is moved, the new man is not. We can walk in the room. And there goes a sour conversation that we became entangled with. Or we could see a negative motive and receive an invitation due to it. And we could say, yeah, we'll go. I know, I know the motive. I know the people do this and do that, but I'm not going to become entangled. I can handle it. I'm mature enough. And the moment that we say we can handle engaging in endeavors that we know that are toxic, we became under that influence as well. We have to really be mindful. It's not that we isolate ourselves. It's just that be mindful who you let in. And we must be mindful what we let out. Because it cannot be from the old man. It must be from the new. The gifts of the spirit, the wisdom and knowledge, the comfort from the comforter, the working of miracles, discerning of spirits, prophecies, diverse tongues and tongues interpretation. Every time we are in ministry and the anointing is flowing through us, Due to our purpose, it brings people to Christ. What must I do to stay in this place? That's why it's so important to release the gifts first. Just for an example, opening up a burger joint. People going to look at it as another burger joint. But let someone that, that's very influential like T.D. Jakes Put his face and name on that burger joint in different areas, different states. People going to check it out because of the name. See, when we use the name above every name in ministry, due to our purpose of being here, that draws people. And when it draws people to Christ, our anointing, they want to be drawn unto people like Christ, which is us, because of the anointing flowing on our lives. Don't nobody free want to be around somebody bound anymore? 
Don't nobody free from any worldly addiction want to go back to people that's of that addiction anymore. They want to fellowship with people who are on a different path. Every great leader we hear about on YouTube or any type of broadcast is because they, you know, walked in purpose. Release the purpose first. And the giftings, trust me, the talents come right behind, right in the midst of the release. And some of us can do it at the same time. Enjoy your freedom. And don't allow Satan to rob you of the seed that was sown. Don't allow him to choke that seed up. Here's a quick example. A very quick example. According to Matthew 16, verses 17 through 21, message translation. In Luke 9, after he fed the multitudes of people, they were talking about him. And Christ asked, who are they saying that I am, guys? Bartholomew, Nathaniel, Matthew, Peter at the time. Simon, they answered him and said, the people are saying that you are John the Baptist. Some saying you're Jeremiah. Some saying you Elijah. They saying you just a prophet. Okay. So who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, which was Simon at the time. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. He was walking away a little bit and he turned around. Flesh and blood have not revealed that to you. My father let you in on our secret as to who I really am here. Word from word, he said. In other words, he was saying, Peter, you now have a relationship with God. You talking to my father, our father. Because I didn't tell you that. Spirit, I mean, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. That was a spirit to spirit conversation. Upon this rock, I build my foundation. Now I call you Peter. And in that same conversation, Christ began to predict the betrayal, the crucifixion, and resurrection. And Peter just received the name change, just been ordained. And here goes Peter. He grabs Satan by the hand and he rebuked Christ to rise on the third day to be crucified. That's impossible. That would never happen. And according to the message translation, Matthew 16, 17 to 21, Christ did not swerve with Peter in the conversation. That means he didn't respond back to Peter because he knew those words didn't come from Peter. Just like he knew when Peter said, you're the Messiah, that didn't come from you. That came from my father. So now you were from speaking like my father to speaking like the father of lies. I just heard you call me the Messiah. And you know what the Messiah is coming to do because it's written in the scrolls and the scripts. But yet you sat there and you yelled out blasphemy. And Christ said, Peter, 
Watch out. Excuse me, Peter. Satan, get out of here. You don't know how me and my father thinks. And he doesn't. See, Peter, Bartholomew and all of them didn't know that Satan was right beside Peter. And Christ wasn't paying him no mind until Peter spoke words under his influence. Satan was coming to get inside of Peter, but he answered why Satan was beside him. Because Christ would never have said, Peter, watch out. Satan, get away. He would have said, Satan, come out instead. Hallelujah. And they were looking like he was right here beside us. We didn't even know. That's how quick he comes. And Christ is having us to discern how he comes to steal, kill, and try to destroy. We already know that he used people that we know that are dear to us. Places that we are familiar with. Things that we have. Try to use the things that we are familiar with that are dear to us. Because the things that wasn't dear to us wouldn't matter to us. <laughs> Somebody could prophesy to you out the streets. It wouldn't matter. But let someone call you up that you talk to every day. Give you a prophecy that God didn't say. It don't even sound like it's from God. It sounds like criticism. You'll be puzzled. You'll be disturbed. He can even use a doctor to prophesy. Somebody we build a relationship with. Come in there as their patient. It went from a good report. Now it's uh, not so good. Now you're back on your meds. And then we're going back and forth with old and new man, flesh and spirit. Crucifixion and resurrection going back and forth. That's the warfare. Flesh and spirit. Because the flesh is saying, wait a second. I'm supposed to be healed. Did he say that? Now believe that he did this, but why isn't it working for me? Many of us say I'm supposed to be better off than where I am. Why is it not working for me? Now I believe that it can work, but why is it not working the way how it should that I know that it can for me? Because we have to settle that it has already been worked out. We're looking from a place of the present to release an encounter in the future. But we have to see into the future and know that it already is. And that's how we live in the present. Because God lives from the finished work. He moves from the finished work. Before you entered into, I knew you. I shaped you and I mold you. Before the foundation, I already know your outcome. We are victorious before we even exit out of an obstacle. That's why we are more than conquerors. Because it's not us that has us to overcome. It's that God sent his son to overcome and he has overcame every evil deed. He did all the work. Therefore, it's already worked out. And it works itself out for our good. 
every single time. The word that's being preached in every congregation from every great leader, we need to really embrace that. In a higher measure, not on the same level, because it gets greater and greater. We can read the same passage every day and get a fresh revelation every day regarding that same passage. Satan was right there beside Peter. And why did he choose to stay beside Peter and stand beside him to choke up the word he had in him? Because he was the only one to confess words from the kingdom. He pulled from God, talking to God, confessing that Christ is the son of God. And that shows that that shows that Satan wasn't aware of Christ getting up because all Christ did was predict his own death. And Satan used Peter to rebuke him. That can never happen. Now, I'm a part of you being betrayed because it's me who's doing it. That's how Satan's thinking. I'm part of you being crucified because that's my plan to do it. But that's not my plan for you to get up. So that's impossible. Not even aware. That's why Christ said, you don't know how me and my father thinks. There's always a way of an escape. What you mean for evil, we mean it for good. And we saying these words in the atmosphere while Satan listening and still tries every day to seek what earn our life he can devour for the bad. And here come God every time. Turn it around for our good. 120 years, Noah was building that ark. There was different generations being born. Watching him and his family's loved ones build that ark. And they're mocking him, laughing. He doing that for nothing. We never had a great flood before. And he warning the people, get on, get on. I don't need to get on. It's not going to be no flood. Yeah, right, guy. Yeah, right, Noah. You tripping. You tripping. And that day came when he finished it. They got on. Closed the door behind them. Adrift away. Then they begin to feel that storm for the very first time. Those drops begin to fall and begin to fall fast. And they like, hold on, wait now. No, it's too late now. And that was a promise from God for them to spare them. And they denied the promises of God. And went home prematurely because they didn't believe. That could happen to us. Denying anything of God. And we will miss it. We will miss it. God don't cause no delays. We do. But it doesn't mean that it's ever denied. Late doesn't mean never. And I had angels sing that to me and they woke me up to that song. They made a song out of it. Delayed but not denied. (laughs) Late but not never. I'm like, why y'all keep saying that? You keep saying that. They were embedding that into my heart, into my spirit. If we listen closely, every morning we wake up, there's a new word, a new song. It's something new that the angels are ministering unto us. To prepare us for the day that God already set up for us. We don't just command our day and then go the whole day with just those commands. We got to continuously command our day. 
The enemy don't just try to attack when we wake up. It's all the day long. He's searching now. And the word is said, he'll make a fool out of any of us. So under his influence, we have became a fool. He had no idea Christ was going to rise. He had no idea Christ was going to take the keys back. He had no idea that whale was going to cough up Jonah three days later and three nights later. His plan was to keep Noah being stubborn. No, you're not going to go preach. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. Did anyway. And look at Job. This man barely can stand. Skin so irritated. He was so disturbed by everything that was away from him. He even shaved his head and said, it'd been best if I have not even been here. If you knew this was going to happen to me, God, why did you have me to be conceived? He said, I wish my father never met my mother. So I would not have been thought about to go through something like this. But he never cursed God and say, but God, I hate you. God, I can't stand you. God, I'm angry at you. God, why you do this to me? He was just pretty much putting it on himself. They shouldn't have got together and conceived me. Maybe this wouldn't have happened if I had I have been here. And look what God has done after that. The land of Uz is a very, very prosperous land. Similar to the land that God had the Israelites to go and check out. And Caleb was like, uh, yeah, let's do it. The others was like, no, let's not. And it's so amazing that, and it's so amazing because Job was a very popular man in the land of us. Everyone loved him, very cool, down to earth, very fun father, not strict, had a relationship with God, wanted his children to have fun. Kind of remind me of, you know, president at the time, Barack Obama, our former president. And he was like him in the land of us. And his children liked to, you know, party. A lot of wine, music, festivities, food. And he would have them to go over each other's houses and, you know, and party there. And it was all siblings and a couple of friends, but all his sons and his one daughter, they were all, they were that close. They can get along to party every day together. And Job would go to God, spare them if they partied in a way that you don't want them to party. Spare them due to my relationship with you. If you have to think about my faith concerning you, if you have to think about my walk with you to spare my kids, spare my kids from their lifestyle. If it seems to be unpleasing to you, don't take them away. Spare them for me because of my relationship with you. Think of me when you think of my kids. Great father. And when all those things start to go away, Just think about that state that he was in when it didn't look like nothing good was happening. He still gave forth a praise. 
still gave forth a praise. When it don't look like and we still could give thanks. Because we already know the outcome no matter what it looked like. That's where our praise come from. The outcome. It's not that we praising, hoping and wishing that God would show up and it's a chance that he may not. No, we praising because it don't look like, but it's still going to show up on our behalf. Hallelujah. So when it comes to the new man, let's really medicate and meditate on that. And when it comes to the old man, really meditate on it being away with. Because if it creep back up and we're operating of the old man, we are under influence of Satan. We're under his influence. The new man don't have a nasty attitude. The new man is not stubborn. The new man don't want his way all the time. The new man not calling things that God didn't say. It's so amazing that when it comes to the promises of God, the will and the plan of God for our lives, we don't have to come to God. He always come to us. All we got to do is just be open for it. And even when God come to us, we got to stand firm until it naturally manifests. God want to teach us how it is to stand on our two feet and not wither, not become shaken and unstable. You know? Stumbling, needing somebody else to keep us standing, needing people for us to feel like we're supported, that we feel important because of people, but they're the same ones who can be opinionated at the same time. They can build us up and they can also tear us down. So we got to be careful. Of the company that we choose to embrace the words by. It don't matter if you knew somebody for 12 years. It could still be words to tear us down. Satan is just that sneaky. Here's another example how quick he come. To destroy. At the Lord's Supper. They at the table eating good. Christ dismissed Judas. Now that the... The evil one has came to do what he came to do in you. Now go and do that thing he have you to do. Now once did he say or justify himself. Okay, Christ, you're right. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have done that. No, he got up politely, excused himself and went to go betray him like he said. Now that he has entered into you. Now you could go and do that thing he have you to do. No one asked Christ, what are you talking about? Because they were skeptical to ask him questions. Because they felt like, are we asking the right thing? Or if we ask, it's going to seem like we don't know what we're supposed to know. Because every time they ask for something, they ask it out of the wrong place. They're not asking from a place of faith, of heaven's reality. They ask it from a place of earthly reality. Like he said to the disciples, when they went to go get the food and find shelter... For the people, they were in the middle of nowhere. According to Luke 9, the entire beginning of the chapter, 1 through 10. And Christ told them to go get them, get them some food, get them some shelter. They're in the middle of nowhere. 
And they looking like, how in the heck we supposed to get them some food and get them some shelter? What do you mean? And Christ heard their hearts. And he yelled out, don't eat from the place that the Pharisees eat. Don't eat from where the Sadducees eat either. And they thinking that he's saying things because he's angry that they don't know what they're going to get the money from. And get the shelter for the people from. But he wasn't speaking out of anger. He wasn't even speaking about natural food. He was speaking about spiritual food. Don't eat from where they eat. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't say you believe me with your mouth, but your heart is troubled. Don't say I am your healer, and yet you're struggling with a sickness. Don't say I'm your provider, and you're putting your hands into my plan for your life to make things happen because you cannot see. When I say lean not to your own understanding. Don't have to know. Like Christ said to Thomas, blessed is he who believes and have not seen. The encounter he had with Nathaniel. That was rude. Nathaniel said it right in his face. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And this is how, this is how Christ reacts to, you know, words like that. That was a rude statement. And here go Christ, you know, respond to it. Ah, an Israelite, a man who have no deceit. <laughs> God. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> ah, an Israelite. And we all know the Israelites went back and forth with God regarding their believing before they even entered into the wilderness. They were complaining the whole 400 years. They were complaining before they got to Egypt. You understand? Complaining from the beginning about something. It was always something with the children of God. It was, that's why God had great leaders, prophets, apostles, teachers, prophets, God. To keep them, God, it's right. He said, oh, God, I see a lot of boats on a dock. Yeah, but he said, ah, an Israelite, a man with no deceit. Hey, he called Nathaniel from a place where God calls him. You understand? He praised him. Nathaniel disrespecting him and Christ's response is to praise him. You try to tear me down, but I'm going to lift you back up. So you would never do that or say that again. <laughs> That's why God's defense is so much better when he defends us. Because our defense is to leave people torn down. You hurt me, I hurt you back. You daggone right, God, get him. Make him hurt. Make him bleed, God. Put him under the jail. Take their skin off. I mean, we say things like that. God darn. You understand? Say things like that. And, and God's way of defending us, it leaves everybody blessed. Everybody uplifted. He don't defend us to have us uplifted and the other person feeling let down. He wouldn't do that. 
But what we sow, that we going to reap. Whether it's, you understand? But I'm going to tell you like this. God's mercy is so present. Evidently, when it comes to us falling short, to be honest. Because there are times when we do things and God still show up on our behalf and bless us. So let me definitely mention that. He is so rich in mercy. So rich. And when he says mercy have limits, it means that don't take advantage of me. Just because you know I'll forgive you, don't plan to sin. Don't plan to be disrespectful because you know I'm going to spare you. You know I'm going to forgive you. You know how much I love you. Don't take advantage of my love for you. And Christ say, ah, Nathaniel, an Israelite who has no deceit. And look where it put, it put Nathaniel back in the place where he's supposed to be. He began to praise Christ, which he should have done in the beginning. He said, you are the Messiah. And Christ gave him, you know, proof. Before you came here, you were sitting under a fig tree. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. It's funny, though. It's funny, though, and because that could have happened in two ways. He could have visionized Nathaniel, or he could have walked past Nathaniel, and Nathaniel wasn't paying no attention. And God saying to me, it was both. He visionized him, and he walked past, and Nathaniel wasn't watching. <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. Had Lord to say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? How many people said about us, can anything good come out of, you understand? Northeast, Maryland, Virginia, New York, you understand? Down the deep of the dirty. <laughs> can anything good come out of that place? Ah, <laughs> you understand? Yes. Yes. Don't you think that you're wrong for anything? Just know that everything that we do, even mistakenly, is for the glory. But just let us learn from our mistakes. It's for the glory. Because what the devil means for evil, God means it for good. We can't be holding grudges, guys. We can't be saying, I'm mad at you. You shouldn't be doing this. And I didn't know you were like that. And How can you do this? I'm going to do it back to you. No, we cannot live like that as a new creature. Hallelujah. We have to bear much more fruit. Hallelujah. Satan tries so much to lie to me all the time. So he does to you too. But here we are, children of God, which have no deceit, <laughs> because the spirit of truth dwells within us, and that exposes every lie on the outside of us. Can't nobody tell you what you can and cannot have? Can't nobody tell you that God didn't say what you're saying, that he said to you? If God said that to you, then guess what? It got to show up. In the natural, if you already seen it spiritually, hallelujah. And there's nothing no one can do or say about it. 
You don't have to get upset because no one see what you see. Christ walked the entire earth. No one understood <laughs> the entire time. You understand? Even when he was resurrected, he said on the third day, I'll be in Galilee. They still in Jerusalem crying. Come on. They running Murray, the other Murray, the other Murray, and Martha. All of them was running. Peter even. John, where is he? He said on the third day. You know, some of us use up sign language on the third day. He said, he meet us in Galilee. And guess what? When Christ got up, he was on his way to Galilee. And he got up in the flesh. He didn't cover his face up or anything. In one translation, it says he appeared to be a god or he'd been down. But still he was talking. Face-to-face conversation. People were walking past. Hearts that hard. That blind from the truth that you're walking past the Messiah. When the whole earth shook, when he gave up the ghost. I would have stayed there by that tomb if all that took place. Because as soon as that happened, they say, oh, he is the Messiah. Really, though? Really, though? And just carried on for the, you know, until the third day. Let's go run and see. He's not here. They visionized them all standing there. Oh, visionize them all already being in Galilee, waiting on him to get there. I would have went there Friday with the knowledge I know today. And I'm sure they wouldn't have to. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy acceleration. God has given me the word Ecclesiastes. He said, I want you to look up Ecclesiastes. I want you to tell me from my perspective. What does Ecclesiastes mean? A book of wisdom. Okay. A book of wisdom literature. I want a deeper meaning, Father. Mm. One who overcomes an assembly. God give me the word Ecclesiastes. Hmm. Let's see. There is no book like Ecclesiastes. Because it's the only book in the Bible that reflects a human rather than a divine point of view. Mm. Thank you, God, for whatever you say. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I receive. <laughs> I receive. I meditate on it. Yeah. Just enjoy being. I'm trying to tell you. Just enjoy being. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. 
I just love that testimony of uh, Nathaniel. <laughs> because, <laughs> oh God, my God, the things that we have read that God has done, even Jonah in the belly of a well for three days and three nights. Oh God, Jonah, my God, I bet he was never stubborn again. I bet he was never stubborn again. And you know what's so amazing? Satan didn't expect him to get out. He didn't expect that. He didn't expect Jonah, I mean, Noah to build that ark. He didn't expect God to have another plan according to another man. Satan had no recognition of salvation because that conversation was spoken when he got kicked out. <laughs> and it's so amazing how God gave John the revelator, the theology, that revelation while he was taken away. They never attempted a second time to put him in that oil tank. And I'm sure he wasn't the last person that they put in there. But he was the only one that that execution did not carry out how they thought it was, should, should have been successfully, you know, carried out. He wasn't touched with the heat of the oil, but it was oil all over him, I'm sure. But it didn't burn him. What kind of man is this? They sent them away, away. In the island. With not too many people. Very difficult to escape. And God still giving him. He still giving him a revelation. Before God began to write Genesis. He gave him a revelation. Moments that led up to in the beginning. About the war in the kingdom. A lot of times the Bible could seem confusing only because when it comes to a vision, a pro let me say this, when it comes to a prophecy, we have to be able to discern how is God talking to us? Is it symbolically or is it word from word prophetically? Because the prophecies of God happens in three ways. And I had to learn them all because I had no other choice my entire life. There are prophecies of warnings that set up to happen. And God will grant us the favor to declare and decree against it. And guess what? It never happens. My entire life, I've been seeing warnings. And it took my family to hear the fourth one before they received that it was true. This she's up to something. Y'all better listen to her. And God is dismantling, you know, tradition, biblical tradition that doesn't exalt God. And what I mean by that is that we think that wisdom come with experience. No wisdom doesn't come with age. Wisdom come from God. Experience come with age, not wisdom. Hallelujah. 
And many thought, you're too young to be wise. And so I'd given them the fourth warning and things just kept happening. They were like, wow, you're different. You're different. What you're saying is happening. Just don't have no warnings about us. The good thing about it is don't be afraid. Because we have the power to declare and decree over it. So should that be established, not that warning that was set up against you. Now, it would have been troublesome had God not said anything. But he would hold no good thing. He said something. He said about, he tell me about people all across, people I never even met, mostly people I never even seen. And you know what's so amazing about it? Is that they don't even know that was set up to happen because it never did. Without their recognition, they don't know what to expect because they had no thought that that would even happen because it was never in mind. Isn't that amazing how God moves? Sparing us and not having no recognition that we about to be spared due to something about to happen that we didn't even know was set up to happen. Oh, God, you're so amazing. Love you. <laughs> God said, very good. <laughs> you're very good. <laughs> um. And then uh, we have warnings. We have direct, you know, prophetic word, meaning that God would show us visions and dreams just like that was set up to happen. And then God would speak to us, you know, a prophecy symbolically. You know, he could show, like, for example, he could show you a vision of a sheep. And that sheep could symbolize you or it could symbolize a person. You know, we know what's, you know, the symbols, just like signs. You understand? Shows us so many symbols, symbolically, prophecies. What we about to do here. He'll just show you a dream of nothing but line that you're about to possess. But it may not be in a way that is saying in the dream. You got to read what God is saying. You got to hear what God is saying. It's like he's speaking in parables symbolically. Giving a message behind a message prophetically when he used symbols. And you would know if it's symbolic. And you would know if it's word from word prophetic. And we would definitely know if it's a warning. Because he would not have us to be confused. And God always takes me some, you know, a lot of times. Some places in the pit. Demonic forces, demonic realms. And I had no idea it's water in demonic realms. It's bodies of water, demonic water, look very evil. And Satan, you know, Asmodeus, you know, Leviathan and Beelzebub always near him. And his others too, I don't know their names, don't even care. They know mine, that's all that matter. And they were swimming in the darkness of water. And one of them turned to the side and looked at me and turned back and kept swimming. They were all headed in the same direction, way across town somewhere in the water, hiding not to be seen, but I saw them. Satan has a workshop called Satan's Workshop. It looks similar to Santa's workshop with the elves and all of that. And they're in... In this big room, looks like a classroom. And they sitting at these desks, going through trash, trying to take together what we have died to, the things that we have walked away from, 
They try to tape those things back together and position them back before us to walk back in a lie. And Satan was so pissed off that I seen that. He kept saying, keep out. Why you keep coming here? God keeps showing you my plan. I don't want you here. You're not invited here. Get out. He can't stand us. So afraid. A lot of times he send the demons to do what he can't even do. Had many dreams of that. It's so many different realms to darkness. It gets deeper and deeper and more darker and darker. I done been to over a hundred places just this year alone, demonically, round upon round. I'm not afraid of it anymore as I was when I was younger. I didn't know what it was. I was like, God, why am I keep seeing things like this? You keep showing me things in the kingdom and things demonically. God said, I want to show you both worlds. And I want to show you where both worlds meet in the earth, the middle realm. And I was like, my God. Satan actually did not disguise himself. The last time I encountered him in a dream, he walked down the steps in this dingy haunted house and sat down next to me, but God blurred out his features because God said, you couldn't take to see that. But I just know that his spirit is black, the same color as his hair. Everything of his spirit is black. Still have the same posture, the same everything that he, how he was created, but it's just black and dark. Still tall, still have the posture that he had as an archangel, but he's just a demon. He's not scrawny. He doesn't have horns out his head. He doesn't have a fork. He's not the color red. He's black. And I couldn't take being in this. When I woke up from that dream, I didn't want to go to sleep for like three weeks. Because I never seen Satan before. 30 some years I've been here out of a disguise. He always showed a disguise of something, hiding his face. This time he wanted me to see him for how he actually looked. But God blurred out the features. And I'm so glad he did that. Because I wouldn't take being able to see the eyes. But all I, all I could tell is that there were no white in his eyes. It was just straight black. But I didn't see the form of his eyes, the form of his nose and his mouth, whether he had facial hair or not. God didn't show me all that. He just had me to see that he had shoulder lift hair, very dingy, dirty, straight, jet black, everything black. And he just sat there because a lot of times Satan would just feel so much shame and he would vent and just sit there. That's his way of venting, just sitting there like I'm doomed. He have moments not too often where he does that because he want to appear to be so strong and powerful just to destroy us. He's not going to show how vulnerable, how scared he really is. And a lot of times that is exposed unto me due to my gifting. He would come and, you know, expose himself. And that day he did not have any cut calls. He sat there in front of me and just looked at me like I'm doomed. You want to see me? Here I am. Here I am. 
I'm not wearing no bag on my head. I'm not disguising of nothing else. Here I am, Satan himself. I would never forget that dream. He came down the steps like that. And I was like, God, is this, I mean, this really, all this, come on now. This really happens. Isn't a once upon a time, you know, a, a, a movie or book or something that's not even true. This really happened. There was an archangel by the name of Lucifer who got kicked out now is Satan. Oh, God. I have an enemy who's from God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. God's called me to so many deep sleeps today. I've been having a deep sleep since, oh God, since what, eight last night, every hour and an hour, there's a different dream about something else, somebody else, and, oh, Holy Spirit, you feel good right now, hold up, you always do, but you're doing something inside, oh God. He's increasing my dreams on the inside. Oh, they are so enlightened. It's like you go outside and fly if you wanted to. My God. Jesus. I know it's Harvest Fest all around the DMV area in different states all around the world for the children. May the weather be calmed enough for the children to still enjoy knocking on doors, getting candy, which we enjoyed so much. Still enjoy. I knock on somebody's door tonight. <laughs> I mean, y'all think I can pass for being a kid? I mean, you know, a teenager? Oh, God. <laughs> I did it at my son's school. They thought I was a ninth grader. <laughs> yeah, okay, cute. No, seriously. I'm for real, though. You think I can get away with that? <laughs> Me and my son, he taller than me. <laughs> I'm only 5'3". We knock on doors. Take a tree. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we used to love that. <laughs> yeah, we used to love that. You know, I just pray that everyone have a great time tonight. All the adults with their costumes. One thing I learned never to do is say you have a nice costume because somebody got me good. That's not a costume. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> they said, no, we just kidding. <laughs> Don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. You know, I um I come against any demonic attacks trying to do towards the kids and the candy. It would be no medicine, be no drugs, nothing of deception. It'd be nothing but candy. Where they see the innocence of the children as it ought to be. Have them have a great time. And I, you know, have the weather to function as it ought to, that they can have a great time. So I'm not mistaken, it was calling forth rain, but guess what? I command it to be reasonable. Where they can enjoy themselves. Hallelujah. 
I might go knock on some doors. Go down Pennsylvania Avenue, Capitol Hill. <laughs> That's the area we used to go to. <laughs> they give all money. <laughs> we was like, no, we want candy. But we wouldn't say that, but, you know, we were kids. What we going to do with this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the kids these days, oh, God. We want, we want iPad 40s or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Great to see who's in those things in the world. <laughs>